This week, I have the pleasure of sharing an interview with Kelsey Nelson. You know how sometimes you meet someone and it just clicks? Kelsey and I clicked quickly, and I think we have really similar philosophies and approaches to teaching dance. So let me tell you a little about Kelsey. Kelsey has over 25 years of dance experience, ranging from major motion pictures to teaching students all across the U.S., judging for several prestigious dance competitions within the United States, creating her own conditioning program for dancers, and she received her Bachelor of Science in Dance Management from Oklahoma City University, and we actually talk about this degree a little bit in the episode. It's a really interesting program, and along with performing, Kelsey has a passion for providing quality instruction and choreography. She had the opportunity to continually develop both her own teaching and choreography, working with many universities, the USA Ambassador Pageant, Cirque USA, Universal Dance Association, and many studios. Kelsey has even been honored to be a master instructor for the National Dance Alliance, Universal Dance Association, and Dance Team Union the past few years. Recently, Kelsey joined the faculty of Thrive Dance Experience, the Bridge Training Program, and is excited to be traveling and teaching at two wonderful conventions. So now you know why I was drawn to interview Kelsey and share her wealth of knowledge and experience. So in this episode, we cover topics like how to get more mentally tough dancers, how Kelsey defines success, and some concrete tips for improving confidence in our dancers. Welcome to the Passion for Dance podcast. I'm Dr. Chelsea, a former professional dancer and dance team coach turned sports psychologist. This podcast focuses on four main pillars, motivation, resilience, mindset, and community. Each week, you'll learn actionable strategies, mindsets, and tips to teach your dancers more than good technique. This is a podcast where we can all make a lasting impact and share our passion for dance. Let's do this. Well, hi, Kelsey. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate your time. Yes, thank you for asking me to be here. I'm excited. Thank you. I let's just start that I know a lot of dance teachers have probably, you know, seen your work at competitions or seen you on social media. You post such great exercises and trainings that you do in class. Uh, but at first just tell us a little bit about your dance journey. Yeah. Um so I started dancing like most of us, you know, very very young, um 3 and then Um, around the age of nine or 10, I went and saw a spring performance for my dance teacher's daughter at Oklahoma City University. And I just remember sitting there and like looking around and seeing the magic. And I remember the costume she had on. And I was like, I want to go to school here. And that was like, I knew at like 10 years old, that's where I wanted to go to school. Um, Crazy as that sounds. And I ended up going to Oklahoma City University. I was a dance management major um, because my parents said they wouldn't pay for me to be a dance performance major because I already knew how to dance. (laughs) And as much as like that didn't excite me at first, um, I sprained my ankle and broke my foot a week before my 18th birthday. And I realized ooh, I need to have a backup plan if I can't just dance. Um, And I'm so grateful that that whole experience happened um, because I got my degree in dance management and have been able to use all of that to like go on and create the journey that I've kind of been on that I didn't know I was actually creating at the time. Um, And so after I graduated, I danced professionally. I met my husband working for Royal Caribbean and we now live in Florida I have a six-year-old son, and I swore I would never teach dance class, and now that's all I do, and I couldn't see myself doing anything else. So 
it's just so interesting how the journey kind of takes you in all kinds of different directions, but you always end up exactly where you're meant to be. Yes. So oh, I love that. There's always something that we, like, I thought I had a plan and then there was another plan entirely that I didn't know that yes. was the journey. Um, will you expand a little bit on dance management? Is that like looking at the business yeah. side? Yeah. So Oklahoma City University, um, it was one of the first schools and one of the only schools still that has that specific degree. So we took the majority of the dance performance classes that a dance performance major would take. Um, so all of the like ballet, tap, jazz, um, dance history, all of that kind of stuff. And then we took um, a good portion of what a business major would take. So macro, microeconomics, business law, statistics, mm-hmm. all of that like stuff that doesn't sound exciting to anybody that's in the arts. It's not <laughs> exciting, but it's very beneficial. Um, accounting, all of that. So we took all of that. And then we also took um, the majority of what the arts management degree would take. So that was like nonprofits presenting and sponsoring, um, fundraising and development, um, stage set design, costume designs, uh, dance studio management, like all of um, all of that. So we got like that side of the business. So I kind of got like three miniature degrees in one. So it's really nice because I can kind of look at the the arts and with lots of different lenses to kind of really understand more viewpoints and where people are coming from in the business because there's so much going on in it. Um, so that's kind of like what dance management is in a very small nutshell. Oh, I love that. I love having the different perspectives though. That's amazing. So, but you yeah. said you didn't think you would teach dance or was the, what was the plan at graduation? Um, I wanted to be a professional dancer, which I, I did. Like yeah. I did. I feel very complete about my journey. Um, but I like, I was like, I'm going to dance professionally. I'm going to be a professional dancer. Um, and that was like all I could see myself doing. And I did that. And in turn, it kind of led me down this other path. Um, later on in life, which I'm very thankful for. And these old bones could not still be performing at 36 years old, <laughs> like they were when they were 26. Right. So, you know, at, at that age, you don't think, you know, that you'll ever age a day. Sure. So you, <laughs> that was my, my goal. And I got to do that. And now I'm getting to do something else that I could have never dreamt of. That's honestly way more fulfilling than being out on stage in like a, a different way. But I feel more fulfilled on a regular basis than when I was dancing professionally. Absolutely. I feel the same way. I think what I have done after the pro stuff has been incredibly fulfilling and you're right. Like I I love that part, but I'm okay that this is what's next and what this phase has been that's different. Um, So you mentioned about getting hurt and I'm sure there are other challenges along the way, but I would love to kind of talk about challenge as a dancer because it's something we all go through. Um, Anything, you know, how, I guess challenges that you have been through or maybe to how you now like to challenge your dancers. Yeah. Um, so I, I mean, we've all been through, you know, injury, we've all dealt with disappointment. We've all dealt with, um, thinking you knew what you wanted and then realizing like when you got it, that's not what I wanted at all. So all of those things I've kind of been able to go through. And so I want to be able to help bring those lessons to my students. Um, in a safe environment that they can really like learn and experience them. Um, So I try to challenge my students uh, physically in class on a regular basis. So if you haven't seen any of my stuff, 
I do a lot of like conditioning, cross training, um, kind of created it all from like Pilates and yoga and dance and like kind of fused it all together. But the means of that is really the like mental challenge part. And I just use the physical as the like vessel to challenge them mentally. Um, because I think the tougher, like the more aware they are of their mental state, um, the stronger they're going to be able to be. And the, when the challenges arise, they're going to be able to de- deal with them uh, better than if they didn't have that push on a regular basis. So we do a lot of, a lot of mental, mental training through the physical, if that makes sense. Yeah, and absolutely. I, I like to just push them that way and also present them with a lot of challenges to tap into their feelings and emotions, which I know that's like not necessarily dance related, but, um, I think there's a lot, there's a lot that teenagers go through that they don't necessarily have anybody there supporting and guiding them. And, um, so we do a lot of Ted talks. We, we do journaling assignments. We all have them watch a movie and we'll talk about it. We'll like do like team bonding exercises. We'll do lots of different things on a regular basis to help them be feel safe enough to tap into those feelings and emotions and understand them and then be able to use them how they see fit so that they can really be successful later on. Absolutely. I think that's what honestly attracted me to like finding you on social media stuff in the first place. Cause I was like, she's doing what I keep telling people to do <laughs> it's out there and she's doing it so well. But you know, cause people always ask me, the psychologist, like, how do I have a mentally tough athlete? I'm like, you push them, like you challenge yeah. them, but you challenge them to your point in a safe place. It's like, I'm going to push you, but I'm going to push you to what I believe you can do. And I'm going to encourage you along the way, but it's going to be hard. Like challenge is good. Yes. I, I think people are so scared to like push somebody um, to like reach their fullest potential because nowadays cancel culture is like such a thing. Like mm-hmm. if one person sees you say or do something that's like they don't agree with, like it's all, it's all over. And like if one parent gets mad or one thing happens then it's like, that's all she wrote. And it's finding a way to do it safely and do it in a way where the kids know they're loved and supported while they're doing it. Um, and I think that that is the most important part. Like I had somebody come in and actually for my senior students, I hired a videographer last week to come in and film their final class. So a videographer came in and filmed the entire class, filmed me teaching, filmed the whole thing as like their graduation present. And something that she said to me when she left was, I just, your, your kids are such a cohesive unit because you include every single kid in the class. She's like, you went up to every single kid and asked them what they learned. You went up to every single kid, asked them what they were feeling. Like it wasn't just about specific students. It was about everybody and they felt safe and they trust one another and they trust you. And it's like, that's the kind of thing you need to create because then from there, when that trust is developed, they're willing to do anything for each other and for you. And that's where like the magic happens. Yes. And I I think we're (laughs) roughly the same age and probably came from that age of dance where like being challenged and pushed was harsh. It was, you know, yelling or it was negative or put downs or, you know, you're not doing enough. And it's like, we see this shift. It's like, I don't want to be that. Like, that was awful. Like, I don't want to do that. And, but (laughs) then we've kind of swung too far where it's like, well, now I'm afraid to challenge them at all. 
And I'm like, no, yeah. challenge is good. And you know, it's the foundation <laughs> of like growth mindset and all of this, that challenge is a good thing, but doing it in a way that is, like I said, creating that safe place. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Do you have a favorite, just to share something tangible with our listeners, like a favorite exercise or journal prompt or movie or something that you love to do? Um, there, um, there have been a few really good Ted talks that I've, um, had my students watch. Um, and there's actually a really good Matthew McConaughey, like graduation speech mm-hmm. that he did at a university. Do you know the one that I'm talking about? I've heard of it. I don't um, think I've seen it. Um, well, somebody like put it into like a video, but he goes through and it's these like, just like life lessons. And I've had the kids listen to that, like before we've gone to competition. And I think like a perspective shift and just helping the kids see and have gratitude for what opportunities lie in front of them and what they actually have really changes everything. And so, um, you know, saying that you get to do something instead of having to do something, getting to, um, like share with each other, why you love and appreciate one another, like those kinds of things, doing that on a regular basis. Um, I think just in general helps everybody kind of get on the same page. Like, um, one thing that I would suggest is doing journaling, Mm -hmm. um, because we've done that all year. And I think it's really helped the kids even, even if they journal about nothing that has to do with dance. Um, but we were having a, uh, a little tiff between some dancers on the team, which happens. Sure. And um, so I never have them read their journal prompts out loud. I give it to them and then they write and then we put it away and like that's the end of the day. And so I asked them to write about what their teammates meant to them. And so they did it with no expectation of anything. And then I said, okay, today we're going to share these. And every single person is going to stand up and read it out loud. Wow. And they all like looked at me. And when they all read it, they all said the same things that their teammates were family, that their teammates inspired them, all of these things that they didn't actually know that the other person was writing because they didn't know they were going to read it out loud. And by the end of the class, like everybody was just like sitting there, like feeling such like, oh my gosh, like we really are on the same page. And even if we aren't always getting along, we're all here for the same reason. And that was like a big eye opener to everybody. So I think that that's something great to do too, to just kind of like cohesively bring everybody together. I love that. And I think, and I want to clarify though, you're talking about studio teams, right? Yes. And so I think a lot of people who, um, think of this as like a school team thing, or like when you are like a sport and an athletic team, I'm like, this is just as applicable in studio world. This episode is brought to you by the tier system. The tier system is an app for dance coaches made by dance coaches that gives you the tools to empower your dancers and take control of their technique and development. The app provides you with over 150 skills broken down by category, turns, leaps, jumps, acro and tumbling, and by level beginner through elite. And the skills list is customizable so you can make sure it fits your unique team. The app tracks dancers' progress through the skill progression so that you and your dancers can transparently see where they are in their skill development and what they need to do to move to their next level or tier. You can access the dancers' full skill list, see which dancers are strongest in which categories, and select any skills to see the list of dancers on your team with that skill with the click of a button. 
The tier system provides you with data insights into your team's progress, goals, and the future. Some other bonuses include tutorials to accompany those skills so dancers can learn independently, practice plan templates, cleaning checklists, discussion prompts for team leaders, and more. You can register your team for the Tiers System app at thetierssystem.com or use the link in the show notes. Yes, I'm talking about dance studio. I mean, I've worked a lot with dance teams, but I teach in a studio. And so like I treat my my studio kids a lot like an athletic team um, because team comes first and we wouldn't be a team without every single person. So that's something that I like really drive home in class. Even when I go teach other places, I'm like, we are collectively a team right now. Even if you don't know me or if these are not kids mm-hmm. that you regularly dance with today, right now from 2.30 to 4.00 you are a team, this group, we are one team. And I think getting kids and parents and teachers to all understand that really like it puts everybody on the same page, on the same road, going in the same direction. We can like work together that way rather than feeling like, sorry, feeling like you're just kind of like herding cats to try to get to like that final destination. (laughs) Absolutely. So when you do, let's go practically in for a sec. When you do journaling, do you do it, if it is like your regular company yeah. class or something, is it like once a week or um, I do it every do single, like I do it every single class. So with my older awesome. kids, so my older team is like 12 to 18. Um, we do it every class and just take like five minutes. Like, and sometimes I'll give them a prompt, like um, write about the best part of your day today. Um, sometimes if I can't mm-hmm. think of anything, I'll be like, Riley what are we going to write about today? And she'll be like, uh, and like somebody will pick something. Um, sometimes I just say, whatever's on your mind, write it down. So, you know, mm-hmm. just kind of giving them some kind of guided opportunity to kind of get out what they need to get out. And, um, I think it kind of aligns everybody and gets everybody kind of collectively on the same wavelength to like take on class and take on rehearsal. Absolutely. And I think a lot of people feel like these kinds of like mental skills or spending time on your emotions. It's like, I don't have time for that. I only have them for an hour and 20 minutes, you know, but just those few minutes makes all the difference in how they show up to class for, you know, the hour that you have. after yes, that. Like, like the five minutes is worth a successful hour afterwards. So like, you know, it's people say, well, I don't have time to like watch the 20 minute Ted talk, or I don't have time to like X, Y, or Z. Well, you're going to need a lot more than that 15 minutes to watch the TED talk later on dealing with issues. If you don't just like when you see something arise or every six weeks or every two months, like take a second and just the hour is worth it. Like to me, I feel better. They feel better. We all like can get like collectively, like I've said before on the same page. And then we can like make such greater strides quicker than like lots of tiny steps because not everybody is working towards the same goal. Mm-hmm. And I, it's, it's weird to look back. I'm like, I never journaled as a dancer or I never was in, did any of this then. And it's like, of course I wish I had this as a dancer. And so sometimes it feels like, well, okay, you were both professional without doing any of this. And I was like, no, but I wish I <laughs> <Yeah>. did. <laughs> like I would have been a lot healthier along the way, mentally and physically, I think if you take the time to like w- intentionally work the mental skills into teaching yes. classes. So, I want to shift a little bit and talk about some of the kind of 
negative comments. I think as dancers, we get a lot of negative feedback, like when we're actually dancing. And then even after that, when you have created a business around dancing or you're teaching, you still get negative comments on social media, nasty parent emails, anything (laughs) that comes up. So um, things that you have done to kind of overcome some of those negative comments or how you handle them when they come Um, out now. It's funny that you bring it up because I had a woman literally just comment on one of my Instagram posts last week that my voice was annoying and how could anybody listen to me teach? Um, So, and I like read it and I was like, okay. (laughs) Um, All right. That's fine. I, it's, it's been a process and I still struggle with, with negativity. Um, I worked at Lululemon for four and a half years and there's a lot of personal development that goes on in that company. And if I Mm -hmm. wouldn't have worked there, I can 100% say that I would not be as successful as I am now um, in my own like journey after I left there. And so something that I've really had to learn how to do was remove anything personal about the negativity. And most of those negative comments or negative thoughts or negative feelings really don't have anything to do with me. They're stemming from somewhere else, something else going on with that particular individual. And I know that even when I get frustrated with my students or when I, you know, well, will uh, raise my voice because it happens. We all do it from time to time. Mm-hmm. Um, that's usually stemming from something else. And so the more that you can learn and understand yourself, the easier it is to let the negative go when it's presented to you from other people. And it's easier and quicker for you to notice when you're projecting your issues onto other people. So that's something that I've had to do a lot of work in. And it's something that I have my students do a lot of work in. Um, Just like understanding what makes them tick, what makes them work, what makes them feel good, what makes them feel bad, um, what fuels their fire, those kinds of things, because we need to focus more of our energy on that and less on the stuff that makes us feel mucky and gross. Um, And so that's kind of where I'm able to like draw the line and not get super upset when I see that somebody says something and just kind of roll off my back. Like people are going to say what they want to say. They don't know me. They've never met me. They've never been in my classroom. They don't know how I teach. They don't know how much I care for my students. And so if somebody's going to have a comment to say, well, then let them say it because I know that they don't know. And so I think that that's been like the biggest step that I've had to make to kind of deal with negativity. Yeah. I like that approach a lot. And it's, I, I think when we talk to like adolescents about this, it's, you want to be like, it'll get easier. I'm like, in a lot of ways it doesn't get easier. Like this still sucks (laughs) when I'm an adult and people make nasty comments or I get the bad emails or anything. And it's just learning how to process it differently and not, not hold it. And I think in, in teenagers, they hold it so oh, tightly yeah. and it's helping them learn to let go well, of that. And I think too, it's um, knowing where it came from and knowing that if you did your best and you're doing your best and somebody has that feeling, well, like you can't let that invalidate how you feel about what you've presented. So like, even like at competition, mm-hmm. like I had a kid come off stage and she was so excited about her performance. She was like, I did. Like that's the best Mm -hmm. I've ever done. Like, I feel so good about it. And then the awards came and she didn't get the award that she expected based off of the feeling that she had when she left the stage. Yeah. And then it was like, 
this soul crushing experience for her. And I'm like, you mm-hmm. can't let what three people's opinions of you are versus your opinion of you. If you felt really good about it and you felt really proud of what you did, then you've got to like, you've got to feel those feelings. Don't, don't change that just because somebody else had a different opinion. Your opinion of yourself matters. So like getting them to kind of understand that and like what kind of weight are they putting on other people's opinions and thoughts? Because at the end of the day, you just got to live with yourself and what you think about yourself. And so if you're doing your best, then like other people's opinions really can't have that much weight. Oh, I love that. And that's so true that we need to focus back on what like your own opinion of yourself and remember that that's the most important part. And you can, like, I am the people pleaser. I'm the person who cares about what other people think all the time. And I wish I didn't, (laughs) but I know it's strongly there and being able to know like when it's okay to accept feedback and information, like, okay, I probably could be better in this area, or I didn't realize that, you know, came off that way and I can fix it. But at at the end of the day, so like, but that's, if I felt really good about something, that's enough. Right. And being able to help the are especially I keep saying teenagers but I think it's from young children like social comparison stuff starts at like seven I mean these little (laughs) kids that start to they can tell you know how they look compared to everybody else and that really starts to feed in so if let's shift gears a little bit and kind of talk about advice that we would share to either our dancers or like other kind of teachers and coaches out there so if you could think of like three pieces of advice for our listeners that are also trying to kind of chase their own dreams, what would you share with people? Um, I would say that you need to do what scares you. Um, that's like the biggest thing and the hardest thing I think for me personally, so I guess I should take my own advice, is do the thing that scares you because it's gonna think it's gonna be the thing that teaches you the most, regardless of what the outcome is, you're gonna learn the most from doing the scariest thing. Um, if you do the things that you like think you're probably going to be successful at well then you're not going to learn much and you're not going to feel that like fulfilled feeling at the end of whatever that like experience is um so just in general do the scary thing like I remember during the pandemic people were asking me to teach live classes and it just like stressed me out to the max I was like I I can't teach like on zoom I can't teach a live class I was like panicked and finally, mm-hmm. um, like a in-studio convention asked me to teach something. And I was like, I need to say yes, because otherwise, if I don't say yes, I'm not never going to do it. And somebody was like, mm-hmm. a studio with 15 kids asked you to do it. And you said no, but you said yes to the like convention that you're going to have like 100 kids. I was like, well, I figured if I'm going to do it, I might as well just like <laughs> go big, right? So it's like right. doing doing the scary thing is going to get you the most reward. And like, be, be yourself because everybody else is already taken and you have something really valuable to offer. Like we are all special and unique. And I know that's like super cheesy and whatever, but we all have something different. Like there's a hundred million jazz teachers out there. There's tons of people doing cross training. There's, I mean, thousands of dancers in New York that want to be on Broadway, but all of them have something different to offer. And like, there's a space for everybody. So don't ever like doubt that there's not like space for you. Even if it's like a bumpy road and you don't get it the first, second or hundredth time, like keep going because eventually you'll get what's meant for you. So that's like my two biggest things, I think. 
Yeah. I love that. And I think especially that's where I feel like the social comparison comes up and social media has made it so much worse where you see, I'm like, oh, somebody else is doing this thing that I want to do, but they're already so good at it. So I just won't yeah. bother. And it's that always just, it breaks my heart. And I, I mean, I do it myself. I'll see other people kind of doing similar projects and I'm like, but no, but there's always, there's looks so good or she's so talented and may, I don't know if I should do this anymore. And it's one thing to like tell dancers that. And then as adults and to tell yourself, I'm like, no, I still need to show up and do the hard thing. And I still need to believe that I have something special to offer something. Yeah. Like everybody's view and perspective is like completely different. Like your vantage point versus mine is going to be a little bit different. So like that, Mm -hmm. what you have to say or what I have to say is going to help somebody else that like no one else could like tap into that. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, keep using your voice and keep speaking up and keep doing it because there's somebody out there that you're going to connect with that nobody else is going to connect with but you. So it's just like super important. It is. And I love that it's the connection part for me too, that it's like, I'm, I'm not going to connect with everyone. Like I said, we're going to have people who respond to our social media posts or, you know, come out of class from like, that was a terrible class or I didn't like that one at all. I'm like, okay, I don't connect with you, but there's another teacher out there who will, and you guys will have a great work, you know, work together and finding it's okay to not connect with everybody or to know that you're not supposed to, and then find the people who do truly resonate with you. Yeah. What's your favorite part of working with dancers right now? Like what keeps you doing this Um, work? I love seeing them achieve something they've worked so hard for. Um, I love watching something like click with a dancer, whether that's like where they need to hold their arms in first position or mm-hmm. um, like I have a student, she's phenomenal. She's phenomenal, but she says she hates feelings and she doesn't want to feel anything and she doesn't want to like acknowledge feelings. And in class last week, I asked everybody what was their biggest takeaway. I ask it every week. And when I got to her, she said, I, I, I want to feel things. And everybody oh, literally wow. was like whooping and hollering and clapping and jumping up and down <laughs> because they were like, yes, she wants to feel things. Like we were so excited. We celebrated her for like five minutes because we were just so pumped that she like was like, I want, I want to feel feelings. And that's like a big step for her. And so it's really like anything like that, that like every day I'm working to get a kid to just accomplish something. Like if they can just do something that they didn't do yesterday, like that's what I'm like most excited about and seeing their like growth and being able to like look back a year for like ago to two years ago to look at today and be like, oh my gosh, they're not even like the same person. And like the dancing has obviously changed, but like how they walk into a room, how they take class, how they show up for one another, like that kind of stuff is just like really exciting to watch and be a part of and know that I helped contribute to that, but that they, they did the work. Like I helped guide them, but they did what was necessary. So I think that's my favorite part of teaching. Absolutely. That's kind of along those lines then is that how, how do you see success? Like what is a successful dancer or you as a successful teacher? I, I see a successful dancer as somebody who is comfortable in their own skin, somebody who has integrity in what they do um, and is not apologetic for who they are, no matter what that might be. Um, 
And a successful dancer is somebody, I mean, at the end of the day, I tell my students, you get to define success however you want. Nobody is here defining it for you. You get to decide if you're successful or not. And what does that mean to you? But when I look at my students, it's seeing their their confidence grow, their um, ability to do things outside of their comfort zone, their ability to connect more with one another and not be so closed off to those relationships that they have. Um, those types of things to me define a successful dancer because I would say I could teach the person at 7-Eleven dance steps. It's the like mm-hmm. vulnerability part that is very hard to learn. And once you can grasp that and fully embrace it, then you're going to be unstoppable. So I think the the vulnerability and all of the like behind the scenes part to the dance steps is what I think makes a successful dancer. Awesome. That makes me think back though. Like I fully agree with that now as an adult who's done the work. That's not what I would have said when I was the 14 year old in studio. Has your own success definition evolved? Like what was success when you yeah, were a kid? Yeah, I mean, when I was younger, I'm sure successful was like, what was on my resume? Who I had mm-hmm. like, like what scholarships I had won, um, how right. I had been recognized at a convention or a competition, um, all of yeah. those things. So they were much more like tangible things and it was less of like right. an internal feeling. Um, and it was more, I was looking for validation from others, which don't get me wrong. I still look for that. <laughs> um, oh, it still it feels still good. Feels Absolutely. Good. However, however, it's more of like, being able to go to bed now with like a full heart because other people around me are doing well and it's not so much about me. So I think as I've aged, it's become more selfless and less like, like selfish in terms of like success. And I think that's the heart of a teacher, right? I think that's why we all love teaching because now it's not about me. It's about watching our students make those discoveries or make that progress that like I said, we've been a, a part of, but they were able to do the work. And I definitely had, it was like the, the the CV of how many things could I put on there? How many scholarships, how many, or like, remember listing who you yes. trained under and <laughs> right. All those big things that was like, now I'm successful because I got to train under this amazing person. And like, yes, that experience was great. And I learned a lot and like my ballet technique is better because of it, but that's, that's not the success. Like I, you know, looking back, I was like, no, what I got out of that training personally and you know step in learning about myself like I said that's the bigger the bigger progress that now it's like the the mission to help our younger dancers figure that yes, out sooner yes I'm like <laughs> y'all if I no? would have known this stuff when I was 12 instead of 32 we would have been in a much right. different spot right and so it's like just right. I think opening their eyes they're probably not going to get it at 12 or 14 or even 16 or 18, but at least opening their brain to like thinking mm-hmm. about it, I think is like most right. important part. Um, you know, I have a few students that are graduating this year and I'm just like so interested to like see how their journey is in the next like 18 months. Um, because like I, I'm, I'm excited to see how they take what they've learned in the dance studio over the past like seven years that I've taught them. And like, how is it going to like filter and sift through their life Mm -hmm. away from the dance studio? And that's what I'm like really excited to see and experience. That's one of my favorite parts of teaching is like, like you said, you may stop dancing or my body's done dancing now, but what you learn from it carries forever. And 
how much we can see those life lesson threads. Yeah. One last topic I want to go into is about confidence. I think it's something that dancers obviously struggle with all the time. And we're always looking for a new way to help our dancers and kind of boost their confidence, help them feel more prepared. Do you have any kind of go-to things that you like to do to help your dancers feel more confident? Yeah. Um, it actually, it helps me feel more confident too, to be honest. Um, I find mm-hmm. myself when I'm struggling or feeling like I'm not enough or I wasn't a good enough teacher today, or I might've gotten onto a kid and was like, man, I really like ruined that. Um, and <laughs> which happens, I find myself like scrolling through my phone, like laying in bed and like not scrolling like a week ago, like we're talking like two years ago, like going back in my pictures and my videos and watching my students and seeing how much they've grown and how, how much they have like taken away from being in the dance studio and being in class and working with each other and working with myself and their other teachers. And it really like fills my cup up and I'm not a big person to like encourage like live in the past because the past isn't going to take you anywhere. However, the past Mm -hmm. does help provide you a window to look at where you currently are and see how much growth you've made, whether that means personally, professionally, in relationships, whatever, um, you can, you can see it. And so Mm -hmm. like, I'll find myself sending videos to my students and be like, Oh my gosh, Look how busted you were two years ago. And they'll be like, oh my gosh, that's so embarrassing. And then I'll send them a video from last week and be like, but look at this. And they'll be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that. Like, is that the same me? Or like, they see it in each other. Like, I'll show an old video and they'll be like, oh my gosh, look at Sophia. Like, she couldn't even get her leg, you know, past 90. And now she's like kicking her face, like something like that. Uh And it's like that them being able to see that in each other and then see it in themselves is such a kind of like a driving force to help them be like, okay, I am like, I am improving. I am growing. I am like, I am doing what I need to be doing. So that's something that I find myself doing not regularly, but when I feel like I need that boost of confidence and also Mm -hmm. like having a support system, I like, I'm not a big like friend person. I don't have a lot of like bestie friends that I've like grown up with. Mm -hmm. I don't have a lot of people that I talk on the phone to on a regular basis, but over the years of me traveling and teaching, I've worked with some studios and some studio owners and teachers that I've developed close relationships with. And when I'm struggling, like reaching out to somebody and being like, yo, like, it's just like, it's not good right now. And like Mm -hmm. feeding off of them and sharing and then having them also like share and give feedback and give ideas. I went through this and I did this and X, Y, and Z Mm -hmm. really helps. And so I think that too, especially for our students, like feeling like they have that um, network of people to be able to also like talk to and communicate with and like share when they're feeling discouraged and share when they feel like they aren't like making strides. And being able to lift each other up and like be in that open communication, I think also really helps a lot. So those are like the two confidence things that I would say have helped me and hopefully help somebody else. Those are two great ideas with confidence. And I think the community part really matters 
as adults, but for our dancers too, and to understand that like everybody has lapses in confidence or everybody feels like, you know, we'll walk out of a class and feel like that was a terrible class and we have our ups and downs, but to have a chance to talk to somebody else, like either sharing concrete advice of what to do if you need it or just to listen and have that, that person with you. And video, I think is something in the last few years because it's so available now and it's so easy to, you know, keep all the videos and to film, you know, real fast to have something to look back on. Cause I think our dancers are, they understand that it takes a while. They understand that the training, you know, it's going to take a long time, but they're used to things being faster. Yes. And so there's like the frustration happens faster of, you know, I can't get that turn sequence or I can't pick up this combo or, you know, it's, but then if you show them really where they have come, they're like, Oh, the long game is worth it. Like this is working and maybe I'm not better you know, yesterday's combo, I'm no better at it today, but if I looked at last year, it's completely yeah. different. And they need to see that like in front of their face. It's like, look at what you have Yeah, done. we um, we recently went to a competition and there was like 1,200 entries and we ended up, yeah, it was huge. We ended up winning like top studio, like studio of excellence award or whatever. And it was like this huge deal. It was the first time we'd ever really like won a competition like that and came back and I asked the kids like what their biggest learning was and they were like I just realized that all of the hard work does pay off and it's like wow. you know it it does and it's a lot of hard work it's not you know it's not just two weeks of let's drill it hard and hope for the best we're talking years like they've been working years and so I have a friend that said to be brave you have to practice being brave and you have to like keep doing it and so I think that's the thing like I said earlier like do the thing that scares you and even if it doesn't go well do another thing that scares you the next day because you only build confidence mm -hmm. by doing things you've never done before you can't get more confident by doing stuff that you do every day it's not going to change right. it's not going to change you you're just going to feel better about those things but to collectively build confidence you have to do stuff new every day and like that's mm -hmm. that's what I try to do in my class going circling all the way back to the beginning talking about challenging them is always something new to keep pushing them to be confident in who they are yeah let's just wrap up any thoughts last comments you wanted to make your kind of dreams and hopes for dancers out I there. just you know to believe in yourself and to to do it and go for it and feel good. I guess at the end of the day, it should feel good. And, you know, turn the lights off. Don't look in the mirror and just move. Mm -hmm. And if it feels good, then you're doing it right. Yes. Oh, those were some of my favorite classes when I'm like, can we like do the mood lighting and like, just remember what it both emotionally feels like, but like you said, get out of yeah. the mirror, like feel your body. What does this feel yeah. like? Those are the best. Well, will you uh, share with us how people can find you? You have some great resources out there and videos that are posted. How can people sure. find you? Um, I'm on Instagram at KJN Dance. And then um, I also um, am on Spotify. I have a lot of music playlists. I know teachers are always looking for that. So also yeah, KJN Dance. Everything's KJ and dance. Um, and then I'm also um, on Facebook, so you can find me on there as well. I have um, a uh, training page, so Kelsey Nelson Training Technique. So you can go and find that also. 
Awesome. And I will make sure to link up everything in the show notes so you guys can find it. Thank you so much for being here, Kelsey. I really appreciate your time and your wisdom with us sharing that. With I us loved today. it. And thank you so much for having me. 